2: Welcome in, everybody, to the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast. I am your co-host, Billy Musi. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Jody Smith. Uh, We are going to be recording prior to Thursday Night Football. We're going to be talking about uh, some key injuries this week that are going to be shaking up the top of our ranks. Uh, Those players include Debo Samuel. How does that impact Brandon Ayuk? How does that impact George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey? And then we are all anticipating the return of Jamar Chase this week. How does that impact the rest of this receiving corps as well as the running back? Or uh, Are we going to see Joe Mixon this week coming back from a concussion? And then last, lastly but not least, we're going to touch base on Najee Harris, his injury, that oblique injury, uh, how to shake up this backfield, and then uh, what the absence of Darnell Mooney is going to look like for this uh, Chicago wide receiver passing corps. So, uh, Jody, let's just dive right into it. Let's talk about Debo Samuel. So he did not practice uh, today, Thursday, because of that quad injury. Uh, A midweek downgrade is never a good thing. So he was limited yesterday, Wednesday, um, but never a great thing for his outlook for the week. Uh, It's possible maybe he's just getting a full day of maintenance. That being said, uh, he played through a hamstring last week. He managed 43 scoreless yards. And um, the receivers are pretty stacked overall in terms of weapons in this offense. I mean, we just mentioned the names. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. It's not like they absolutely need him to play. That being said, the Dolphins are definitely a tough opponent this week, uh, and it's a revenge game narrative for uh, the old offensive coordinator, now new head coach for the Dolphins, McDaniels. Um, what does the absence of Debo Samuel, or I should say the possible absence of Debo Samuel, look like for this offense for the 49ers?
1: Well, you'd have to like it from the standpoint of uh... – you know, an upgrade for Brandon Ayuk. You know, at this point, actually, Ayuk is has more fantasy points on the season than than uh, than Debo does. I think uh Brandon Ayuk's like wide receiver 16 in PPR format and Debo's 20. And what you know, it's been kind of a concern for Debo to just not utilizing him as much as a runner. And uh, that's been particularly since what, the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. Now maybe with uh, the 49ers a little banged up uh, you know with their RB2 right now maybe that tells them this week they're going to use Debo a little bit more as a runner. But, however, if he's legitimately hurt, you're definitely not wanting to risk him. The 49ers are in a position where they're serious NFC contenders. So, at this point, you're not going to want to risk him, uh, you know, taking unnecessary punishment that he would out of the backfield. So, I don't necessarily expect they're going to use, utilize him anymore. It's a running back if he's, you know, even active this week that – the key point of what you said is it's generally a concern and a bad concern to um, at least be either full or partial practice Tuesday, Wednesday and then to have a, a downgrade Thursday is bad. Um, tomorrow we'll be, we'll be telling, but um, overall this is an intriguing matchup. There's a lot of points potential in this game and you mentioned uh, the uh, revenge factor for uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, their, their coach having uh, those ties. Wilson now so, too? Yep, the whole the whole backfield uh, could be an interesting, uh, you know, dynamic in that in that regard. But uh, I figure if if Debo's active to me, he comes across as um, you know he's wide receiver twenty for the season, and that's about the range. I probably would have him rated. Like I said, he's not contributing as much out of the backfield as he used to be. That maybe that changes with with uh, Elijah Mitchell being gone for the season now. I don't know. I don't necessarily expect it. So. Um, Somebody in our Discord sent me a question, and uh, the answer was going to be Ayuk, you know, for me. Because, you know, at this point, he's been there clear, wide receiver one, with uh, what Jimmy Garoppolo's been doing. And that's another guy, you know, Garoppolo, um, I think his numbers were a little muted last week. And, and uh, it, it, you know, it's a good matchup overall for San Francisco's offense. Um,
2: yeah, last week, Brandon Ayuk played 97.1% of the snaps, compared to Debo Samuel, who played 78.6% of the snaps. Uh, you hit the hammer on the nail. You said Brandon Ike's been their wide receiver one. Debo more of that hybrid role. I think you also hit the hammer on the nail when you said that maybe he'll be more involved in the rushing game with Mitchell out. I definitely could foresee that um, if he's on the field, of course, first and foremost. But if he is um, maybe this week, they take it easy on him because of the injury, but uh, you have to like the matchup altogether for the rest of this, um, the rest of these weapons here in San Francisco. Brandon Ike currently both of our wide receiver 22s on the week. On the year as well, wide receiver twenty-two in fantasy points per game. How high would you move him in your rankings? Let's just say, you know, hypothetical speaking. So bear bear with me here and play along. If Debo was ruled out tomorrow, how high would Brandon Ayuk move up your rankings?
1: You might move him up half a dozen spots. You know, if you said he's we have him around twenty right now, I could see him getting closer to, uh, you know, that wide receiver twelve to fifteen range. Um the, the general lack of passing volume and that offense is, is what hesitates for me thinking even in a really, really good matchup that he has top ten potential. It just hasn't been there. He 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 would become, you know, he'd have to have a pair of touchdowns or whatever <laughs> for me to uh feel comfortable with with uh you know putting him as a top ten and, and in particular uh this week when there's only two teams on by. So um yeah, I think you could move him up to that, you know, round fourteen to sixteen range pretty comfortably.
2: I love I li- I like the call. That's exactly where I'd have him as well. Um let's talk about George Kittle. Uh great matchup. Miami gives it third most fantasy points to the tight end position. Uh Kittle comes in as my tight end three on the week right now. Your tight end five. ECR is five. How high would you move him up if Debo was ruled out? And if he's in, do you just leave him where you have him?
1: Kittle's a guy I keep, um, uh, overall, I feel comfortable with him right there at three. Um, I'm never going to rank him uh, ahead of Kelsey or or Mark Andrews. Those are, you know, your solid locked-in tier. There's plenty of weeks where I do have Kittle as my tight end three, and it feels like every time I do ranking there, uh, he does like what last week, where um, I believe I had him my tight end three ahead of uh, TJ Hawkinson last week, and uh, Kittle came through with uh, whatever he had last week. I don't know if. 50 art, catches, three yeah. catches, something like that. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't spectacular. But um, you know, again, for him to for him to be there, you're almost guaranteeing that he has to, you know, score a touchdown. Good news there is Dolphins, like you said, have given up the third most fantasy points. That includes seven, seven touchdown catches for tight ends this year. So there's, uh, you know, just doing the math. There's a uh, better than 50 percent chance that he gets in. So you could easily justify. The highest you could reasonably put George Kittle is three. Like I said, you're not, you're not starting him ahead of, or you're not ranking him ahead of Kelsey and Andrews, but uh, he'll probably end up uh, depending on what news we hear about Debo. Yes, you could, you could easily uh, move him up to three, but right now, you know, he'll be a you know, four or five, somewhere in there. Right.
2: Christian McCaffrey also battling a knee issue seems to be more of an irritation rather than an injury. Uh, and appears to be definitely more of a load issue than anything. That being said, Mitchell is also out for the foreseeable future. Where does Christian McCaffrey come in in your Week 13 rankings, and do you have him higher now in your rest-of-season rankings with Mitchell out?
1: No, I don't think I've adjusted him much. The 49ers seem like they are insisting on kind of limiting his his workload since he's been there. He's not getting uh, near the dominant amount of touches. He hasn't been as active near the goal line. I don't know if it's just been, uh, you know, game flow issues or if it's actually been, being schemed that way, And which is kind of curious because, uh, you know, I also mentioned that they're they're not using Debo uh, Samuel as much as a run out of the backfield. So uh, it's kind of curious to me. Maybe with Elijah Mitchell being out, they don't necessarily trust Jordan Mason or Kevin Coleman or whoever else they trot out there as the RB two and three this week. Uh, maybe they go ahead and unleash Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. There was positive news today on the injury, which sounds encouraging, but uh, as of right now, um, I haven't, I haven't adjusted him in my rankings at all. I feel pretty comfortable about, about where he is. You would have to look it up, or I, I want to say he's uh in the RB six or seven or five or eight somewhere, somewhere in that range. And, um, you know, until you know. Normally, Christian McCaffrey is a guy in the past who's always been plugged in as either your RB one or, at worst, your RB three. But uh, to me, he's uh, uh, just a hair below that now, simply because since being traded, he he's just not being you know used as much around the goal line. And it seems like he um, you know when they go to the foot uh, coverage in that game, it feels like he's uh, being spelled, you know, from a snap. Count standpoint, he's spending a lot more time maybe resting or being limited than uh, than he was when he was with Carolina. So to me, you know, that drops him, you know, uh, slightly. So you mentioned a couple
2: of the backup running backs. Uh, Let's talk about the RB2 now in San Francisco. The only other running backs currently on the roster right now are Jordan Mason, who was an undrafted free agent in the 2022 draft class. Uh, There was also Tyrion Davis-Price, who was drafted uh, pick three point two nine from LSU, uh, and who are we expecting to take on the bulk of the RB two workload? I we think we're both in agreement that if healthy, Debo is going to see a lot of those those reps. But with Debo banged up, potentially him being out, fancy me here if they were if Debo was out, which one of these guys are you trusting more, Jordan Mason or Tyrion Davis Price?
1: I mean, let's not forget Tevin Coleman. Um, earlier this year when San Francisco had a chance to elevate anybody else to their RB2 in a week, they actually went with Coleman, and he came through and had a, a really productive fantasy game. <laughs> and, of course, right after that, he went right back to the uh, to the bench. So uh, it's a little frustrating standpoint. Um, you know, last week Mason was the guy, I think it just happened to have been a coincidence that he was active. Maybe, he, maybe it was a special teams type situation, but he was thrust into uh, – you know action because elijah mitchell exited the game and wasn't able to return so i don't know i mean looking at just last week's action it feels like mason could could be a factor i mean they chose to elevate him and have him active last week and over davis price um that's because he plays special teams though too though, right. I mean. that that's generally what i figure here um and I don't know. Right now, you know, going by what um, it must have been some blurb I saw on Twitter, or maybe it was Roto World talking about uh, Tevin Coleman could factor in. I mean, really, it's a situation to avoid. I mean, and we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs. I think mean, they're they're getting eerily close. So, and, and there's only two teams on bye this week. So, if fantasy people are struggling to figure out which of these backs in San Francisco to, to pick up for this week, um, that's you know, kind of a bad. That's a really, really bad situation. Like I said, now next week there's, there's a full six teams on on by. That's a whole different uh, red flag lights and sirens scenario to get people panicked in a lot of leagues. You know what? Their playoffs actually starting next week. It's so crazy to have, you know, such a large percentage of the field unavailable in what could be the playoffs. But um, I don't have a lot of confidence in in handicapping that situation right now. Forced to pick. Uh, you know, I, I'd pick Tevin Coleman because earlier this year, you know, when when the opportunity arose, they gave him the ball and, you know, he came through for him. So uh, that that kind of, uh, you know, that's going to kind of kind of appeal to Kyle Shanahan that he knows he can go to his, uh, you know, trusted veteran over these uh, undrafted youngsters, even though he's got such a great track record with undrafted kids. But, uh, you know, forced to pick, I, I lean Coleman right now.
2: Moving along, Jamar chase hip was limited in Thursday's practice. That makes two back-to-back limited sessions. Uh, when interviewed, Chase spoke extensively to the media Wednesday, indicating that he'll likely be up for Sunday's game against the Chiefs, and we're going to see how he feels, or he's, quote, how I feel later in the week, but I'm expecting to take some game reps. That does not sound promising for, 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 for a full workload, at least for us, for a rankings perspective or for a fantasy perspective, for people who may be relying on him back in their lineups, um, if he is active, I mean, I, there's no way we can bench chase. That being said, but where would he fall into your rankings if active this weekend?
1: You know, this is Jamar Chase. You know, he's he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, even you know, if you knew for a fact that Jamar Chase was going to be in on, I don't know, forty or forty five percent of of snaps you're starting over almost. I mean, he's a definite even playing less than half the snaps. If it was a guarantee, you're still starting him over probably like all, but 15, 20 wide receivers and football. And let's not mention that uh, the over on the over under on this game is bonkers. So at, at this point you want your bangles in, you want your chiefs in. It, it should be a, a really, really fantastic game. But um I don't know if it's just uh, them trying to, you know, be cautious or I don't know if he's just saying that to get the Chiefs to, you know, kind of relax, whatnot, you know, Andy Reid will have his team ready to play regardless. So um, I feel like personally, if Jamar Chase is active, I'm taking that risk. I'd have to have a really, really stacked roster um, with loaded guys and maybe just starting three wideouts is the requirement for this league. And. I don't know somebody like Tyler Boyd is my wide receiver three because I drafted, you know, I went with the zero RB and, and that's the strength of my team. I, I just couldn't see a scenario where uh, as long as he's active, I can't see a scenario where I'm benching.
2: So he hasn't played since week seven. Um, That being said, T. Higgins has been pretty darn useful in fantasy purposes during that absence. Week 20. So week seven, he was wide receiver twenty-two. Week eight, wide receiver twenty-three. That was versus Cleveland. Week nine, in, versus Carolina. Week uh, he was wide receiver twenty-three. Week eleven, versus Pittsburgh, wide receiver four. And then last week versus Titans, wide receiver six. Where does uh, where does Higgins land in your rankings this week, with and without Jamar Chase?
1: I believe I've got him as a wide receiver one right now. He might be uh, you know whatever. <sighs> I don't have my rankings up open in front of me because I've opened up too many windows. It slows, <laughs> it slows down my Wi-Fi. But uh, I want to say he's probably like wide receiver nine or ten somewhere in that range right now, which feels about right. Jamar Chase is active, and we hear some promising things like maybe he won't be on any sort of snap count or whatever. Uh, I'll move Chase ahead of, of Higgins, but Higgins would still come. You know, I'm not dropping him. Uh, you know, too much lower than than I don't know. I mean. What's the absolute lowest I would rank Higgins this week? I don't know, somewhere like 16 to 18. I mean, it's just such an appealing uh, matchup with a 53 over under. So, like I said, even Tyler Boyd is the guy that uh, you want to try to plug into your lineups this week.
2: Yeah, I just pulled up our rankings. Uh, You have him at nine. I have him at 11, but I have it with right now Jamar Chase playing. If he was ruled out, I'd move him back up in that eight or nine range. Um, so we're we're both fairly close there. How about Tyler Boyd? Wide receiver 36 year to date. Only has one top 10 finish since DeMar Chase absence. That was in the week that Chase got hurt. That was week seven versus Atlanta. Since then, he was wide receiver 28 in week eight versus Cleveland. Wide receiver 32, week nine versus Carolina. Wide receiver 55 versus Pittsburgh, who's the, the worst secondary in the NFL right now. And then another easy matchup against the Tennessee Titans last week, wide receiver 83. He's been such a disappointment during this absence, but where did he come in, in your rankings? So you don't have, pulled let me pull it up real quick. So let me find it real quick. So you have Boyd 39 right now, and I have him at 42. Would that change if, if uh, Jamar Chase was, was ruled inactive?
1: I don't know with the way he's been on this little cold streak. I don't know that you want to upgrade him too much. I mean, at this point, if if Chase is out, I'm definitely starting where i can like i said i want these Bengals in 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 my my lineups everywhere with, with the over game but you know since that since that blow-up game at, week seven at, at atlanta his fantasy production has actually decreased every game and to the point where i'm pretty sure the 3.6 ppr points against the uh titans was as bottom out as it's going to get because um it, it, it's just an issue of the, the targets weren't really necessarily there and he, he's only caught two balls in back-to-back games whereas you know the whole month before that he was more of catching five or six a game and even earlier this season when, when chase was active he still had the occasional blow-up game but as of with a guy that's kind of erratic like uh Tyler Boyd in the first five weeks of the season he had a couple of double double digit PPR performances and then he had uh, <laughs> Three games with uh, fewer than seven points, and that's what you get with Boyd. Um, expecting a handful of more targets this week. I mean, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, he bottomed out on Sunday, so there's nowhere to go but up. And like and I so in this game, uh, I'm hoping it's as as advertised, which is the game where we don't actually have to see these guys, these teams, honor too much, and it just goes back and forth. And at that point, uh, you know, I think you can justify Boyd as a pretty solid wide receiver three um should chase get rolled out um I don't know if I could get him inside my top 30 like he may go up uh half half a dozen to eight spots at tops because you said he he was around 39 but just because of the little cold streak he's on I'm I'm a little I wouldn't I, I don't I don't believe I could get him up too much higher than 30.
2: Last player on this uh game here Joe Mixon concussion was limited uh in thursday's practice he's trending towards playing but has not been fully cleared from protocol yet however back-to-back practices are always a good sign for his chances of playing where does he land in your rankings is he an rb1 if active rb2 for you there's there's a again full slate of games so it changes things
1: yeah he'll come across right on that border um typically where he is every week a a healthy joe mixon is a guy that, that um you know, you have around RB ten to RB14 pretty much every week. And in this game, again, it's such the appeal of potentially going back and forth now. Uh, assuming he is cleared and it and it looks like it's trending that way, uh, he could see a fewer snaps, a few more snaps to Samach P. Ryan, who has proven over not just the last couple of games, but before he was actually being more more busy as a pass catcher over the last say six weeks or so. So that's probably something that will continue. And in a game where we anticipate a lot of passes, you know, a lot of passing back and forth, but the game where, you know, you could probably arguably justify putting Piran in, in, you know, as a flex play, even, even if Mixon is back in, uh, just depending on, you know, most teams are probably battling injuries at some point or another. So you could probably justify Piran as a, um, you know, top 40 play this week, even if Mixon's back, but um, assuming Mixon is active, um, you know, I'm. Ranking him about where I normally do, like I said, in that you know, running back 11 to 12 or 10 range.
2: So, you teed up the next one for me pretty well, Jody. It was about Samai P. So, he's definitely performed admirably in Joe Mixon's absence. So the, the two weeks that he was here, week 11 and week 12, and week 11, he was 11 for 30 on the ground and 4 4 in the air with 52 yards. And, of course, that was the three score game, 63.4% route rate, and RB 10. Uh, on on that that given week, sorry, RB, um, yeah, and then on the next week for week twelve, he was oh, sorry, RB, I'm, I messed up, I'm sorry, RB two that week, RB ten in week twelve, seventeen fifty eight and one on the ground with four and thirty five through the air, but this is this was the interesting fact here, and you hit the hammer and the nail when you said that he's been more involved in the passing game, sixty eight point four percent route rate, Mixon never saw more than sixty five. Percent route rate all year and has only eclipsed 60% twice. So, I think you're right. If active, and we're expecting him to be active, P. Ryan's probably still going to be heavily involved. And in a game where you're playing the the Chiefs with a high over-under, like you stated earlier, where they're probably going to be passing the ball to keep up, I think P. Ryan does slide into the top 40. I have him right now, and I haven't finalized the rankings or posted them because of the Thursday night game, but he's right now is running back 39 for me. Uh, ECR is, let's see where he's at. ECR looks like it's a little higher, actually 36 right now. So they're, they're still going off. I think the news of, of Mixon being, uh, limited. So that being said, I think that's about the right area for him. If Mixon is out now, uh,
1: he's running back 32 for the season. Now I know he, he, you know, huge 50 something fantasy points over the last couple of weeks that'll help, but he does have, uh, a career high in targets already, and, you know, that's through 11 games. So he's still got six more contests to add to that. He could easily, uh you know, get up around 50 targets. And anytime you see a running back in that 50-target range, you know, at that point, they, they you know, they're arguably fantasy-relevant, uh, you know, on a week-to-week basis. Now, P. Ryan's had some, you know, stinker games, of course, you know, just games where if, uh you know, Joe Mixon's getting five touchdowns and 30 carries or whatever, yeah, P. Ryan's not going to play much. In particular, if they're nursing a lead in the second half and they're not really calling on uh you know too many passes. But at this point with the last couple of weeks and in particular, you know, the last six weeks in general, where he's he's caught uh you know, multiple receptions in like seven out of the last eight games, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that sounds uh, what the fantasy experts are telling you is you know, he's in that you can arguably justify, like I said, around the top 40 this week. Let's
2: get some start set questions answered. There's a few in the chat. Then we'll hop back over to the the show sheet and talk about Najee Harris and Darnell Mooney and the rest of, of the supporting cast in those offenses. Uh first question we have is from Jelly of the Month. Welcome, Jelly of the Month, to the show as always. Uh PPR, Jacoby Myers, or Josh Palmer? I answered this one in the Discord channel, but he probably wants to hear it from you as well.
1: Um I'm probably leaning Palmer. Um, I don't think Mike Williams plays, so that pretty much guarantees Palmer's uh role and routes. You gotta like the matchup a little better. Um uh, Buffalo it, their defense is good against the pass. They're not uh you know, they're not the team you necessarily void, but you know, also Jacoby Myers is, you know, we saw him exit last week with that shoulder injury. I know he came back, but he only caught three passes. And I looked uh, this week when I was you know doing projections and whatnot. He's been very um muted in the, his history uh, against this particular opponent. So um, that's about where I have him in my personal rankings is, you know, muted is the word I use, but he'll be somewhere. He's a top 40 PPR option each and every week, but I'm, I'm not expecting uh, necessarily a touchdown in this game. So to me, that kind of limits his upside. Whereas with uh, the Palmer, a little more consistent nose for the end zone, has a much more... Um, deep play and uh, uh, you know ability and again you know in, in this matchup wait did i say that they were um Chargers I got to, I got them mixed up with the playing the Chiefs but the, the Chargers game is also uh pretty appealing it's one that I've looked yeah with the Raiders, Raiders <laughs> yeah yeah that's the second highest. um on the week so yeah um,
2: I I leaned Palmer as well I was asked this question in Discord I said Palmer I think I have him at like 27 30 uh Palmer of course at 27 so Looks like your analysis matched mine. Let's move along. Uh, Naughty's question is, "Even gentlemen, from a six-game winning streak to a three-game losing streak, fantasy is rough. Yes, it is. How do we recover when the race is so tight? You just got to continue to grind the waivers and and continue to make the best possible start. Sit questions and maximize your optimal lineup.
1: Be proactive, not reactive. That's something I mentioned, and you know, at, at least uh, at least every other week in uh, many of the articles that I write is that." to uh, not sit back and let things happen. So that means you keep you keep pushing that the uh the waiver wire. And if you still have the ability to trade, you know, it's something you have to potentially look at. You know, don't freak out. Hopefully uh you said a six-game winning streak, three game losing streak. Yeah, that's the pros and cons. Hopefully um this week stabilizes for you. Only two teams are off. So maybe your team's back to full strength for the first time. But again, if that's the case. Be proactive on their waivers or pick up guys for free. Like I said, look at next week. That's the key. Six teams aren't available next week. And week 14, whether your playoff start or it's your last regular season game, definite must win. So uh, start looking at it, it, look at your first-come, first-serve waiver wire like right now and look at what teams are off next week and see if you can uh, get a, get a heads-up on your opponent. And, uh, you know, maybe if you have to, you block your opponent, you do that. I don't generally like to, uh, you know, Play that way or, but hey, you know, it's a cutthroat world. So do what you got to do. Okay. Next question we
2: have, and I've seen a lot of start sit questions this week in, in regards to Watson, but would you start fields or Watson this week, quarterback?
1: You can't start fields. Um, uh, he's still, you know, I don't expect he's active. If he is active, you're looking at a potential situation where uh, it's going to be a very limited offense for him. The Bears have nothing to play for this year uh, other than draft position so it would actually benefit them to sit him so
0: um hello it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com
1: no purchase necessary bdw prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus uh watson interesting um it's a it's a tr- risky situation you know deshaun watson hasn't been on the field in 700 days i believe it's is, is two years. 700 days however uh and you know the matchup actually isn't that great against the texans however Very tough, the matchup is great against the texans in the standpoint of deshaun watson will um it's going to attract a lot of attention and, um, you know, this is talk about revenge game. This is going to be a potential hatred situation for him. So um, I, Billy, I don't know. You're a ranker. You're an expert. You're, you're doing much better than I am and all that kind of stuff this year. I find this to be one of the most difficult situations this year. I see like in the uh, ECR, Watson is about where I wanted him to be, which is around, I think he's 11 or 12, somewhere in that range. But, I feel like, you know, because of his legs and because of this situation, he easily has top five upside. However, it's not necessarily a good matchup. And if he's a little rusty, you could easily saw, see him uh, struggling in this game and, and uh, you know, falling out of the – the. I don't know. I, I think he's, he's, he's probably got a pretty safe floor. But you could see him tumbling, you know, closer to QB 20 range, which could uh, – You know, potentially hurt a lot of people. I'm really interested in to see how the situation plays out. I think he's ranked correctly about right now. I think people are factoring in the risk reward, which is why he's a borderline QB one.
2: Yeah, Fields got in a limited session today, um, or sorry, a full session today, which was uh, encouraging. That being said, Deshaun Watson.
1: Okay, the question is: if Justin Fields is considered. Clear, which I would be skeptical of, but let's just say we have to assume that they're telling the truth of of, of that. Then, you know, he proved time after time that he can be a, you know, a top five, top three option every week. So I think that really, really complicates things.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I lean Fields in this scenario simply mm-hmm. because we know that he's not going to be throwing the ball as much. He only has one 200-yard game all season. All of his fantasy points has come on the ground. Now the fear is he takes a big hit from a linebacker and yeah, and he's ruled out. That that's that's a real scenario here with a shoulder injury.
1: If if, if we're told if we're fed that he's close to 100% to uh, you know as good as a guy with a busted a non-throwing shoulder can be and they feel comfortable in a lost season starting him? Yes. I'm going to put him in uh, you know ahead of Watson. But yeah, center. in my rankings right that, now, I have I him. honestly don't think that he could be as you know, possible with that injury, a, a separated, non throwing shoulder. They could be healed that quickly. But hey, you know, it, we've seen stranger things happen. Hey, as and, of, an active, healthy Justin Fields does come out ahead of Watson Free.
2: Yeah, as of right now, I have Fields at 11, Deshaun Watson at 13, ECR and Watson is 12. I have Brady in between them right now because it's a good matchup against New Orleans secondary. Uh, Watson, just for me, it's it's a lot of it's matchup based. You're talking about the Houston Texans, who are the number three defense versus opposing quarterbacks. They're only allowing 12.59 fantasy points per game, which is nothing. There's only two teams that are more formidable than them, and that's the Broncos and Philadelphia Eagles, who have two extremely difficult shutdown corners. That being said, Green Bay is, is, no pushover on defense against quarterbacks either. They're top 11 against the quarterback position, but said earlier fields is, is rushing the ball. And so that's where I think these fantasy points are going to come. Green Bay gives a lot, uh, gives up a lot on the ground to running backs. They give up a lot to rushing quarterbacks as well. And I don't think that that's going to change with Field's shoulder uh, at all. So, It's definitely a concern, though, that he could get re-injured, but I'm going to roll the dice here. If he's on the field and he's starting and they're saying that he's a full participant, then I'm going to roll the dice with Fields this week, and I want to dust the rust off of Deshaun Watson. Moving along, Jacoby Myers. This one's from Giselle. Jacoby Myers, Rashad White, Gus Edwards, or Pacheco. I think there's still a lot of pending news that affects this one for me. I understand he's trying to get Jacoby in tonight. That being said, Leonard Fournette, did practice this week. So he practiced today, which would affect Rashad white here. Uh, you have some news that would affect Gus Edwards as well with Dobbins. The only for sure thing right now is going to be Jacoby and Pacheco, but I probably wait this one out and start two of the three running backs. What about you, Jody?
1: Uh, I'll lean the same Pacheco actually really, really interesting this week in particular with Jarrett McKinnon has missed practice all week so far. So, uh, you know, if McKinnon is out this week, then I expect it will be Pacheco that factors in more as a receiver there. And again, we've talked about this game toward the top of the show. I want all these players possible in that game, and um, it'll be interesting to see if Melvin Gordon is quickly activated for them if he if he's busy this week. But we we finally saw the debut of Ronald Jones last week. But I don't feel like Jones with his uh, his showing throughout his whole career as a receiver. I think it'll definitely be Pacheco. So I think. I think Pacheco really, really interesting play for me this week, but I wouldn't go out of my way. Uh, with those options, I wouldn't go out of my way to, to force Myers in if that's the question.
2: Jody Nine agrees on this one. Next question is from Trey Full PPR start two, Travis Etienne, Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, or Lenny.
1: I'm leaning with the Rashad White over Lenny. The other two guys, you know, they'll feel like the definitely, uh, Etienne's back. Uh, supposedly he was cleared and could have returned in that game. They wanted to. to show caution and Jamont Jama hasty was having a fine week so I guess he just figured well we'll just uh, we'll just ride the hot hand and, and keep Travis healthy but from everything that's been indicated he's he's fully healthy and we know a, a uh, fully healthy Travis etn over the last month has been an rb1 and that's about where he should be this week that's another game with a pretty high over under
2: yeah, I, I agree here. I think it's the order in which he has them listed, ETN and Jeff Wilson, for me. And I, even if active, I'm probably starting White over Lenny this week. They'll probably ease him back into action as he's recovering from injury. So, Trey, there you have it. Jody nine agreements. Go ahead and go ETN and Jeff Wilson. Uh, another question from Trey is full PPR, Jawan Johnson or Knox. I'm already starting Diggs and Bass. Add Knox, and that feels like a relying on a lot during or a lot of one team during a Thursday night game. Uh, thanks and good luck this week. I. Juwan Johnson didn't practice today, so I, I'd say you probably want to throw in Knox. Uh,
1: yeah, I have Knox comfortably ahead of, of Juwan Johnson. Now, I understood too. that, that uh, Juwan Johnson, you know, kept scoring. He's got five touchdowns this season. And he was, you know, coming into last week, I think he was tied in 15 for the year, but uh, it's still just a interesting difficult situation and um it, it doesn't leave you anything uh, i think to, to change to so if, unless you can pick up somebody for sunday because that's a monday game can't chance it you know because if you were to, to ride johnson and he were to be inactive monday you have nothing what are you going to do pick up adam trotman and, and pray you know at that point so, um <laughs>
2: the matchup's good for knocks too. get the the yeah, hiding position are,
1: that's it's been one of their uh one of their weak links i think the, the new england's uh, Broke that up in my Thursday night football preview. They've given up either the seventh or eighth most fantasy points. To, yep, eighth to most.
2: All right, there you have it, Trey. Go ahead and start Knox tonight and roll the dice with all of those Bills. It's a good team to stack, at least. At least not something like, uh, I don't know, like the Bears or something. Hey, right,
1: the, Bills, the, the Bills have, have uh, scored 33-plus three of the last four times they've played New England, and the only time they didn't was that crazy, windy game. So, all uh, right. Josh Allen hasn't had too many problems figuring out this defense.
2: Let's do these next two rapid fire, and then we're going to hop back to the show sheet. Uh, Lawrence or Watson
1: this week, quarterback? Uh, you know, we just talked about Deshaun Watson and, and the the risk factor there, but uh, I probably had Watson a couple spots ahead of him. I mean, excuse me, uh, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Yep. I've got him a couple. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a top-ten guy for me this week, and like I said, Same Watson here. is 11 or 12, somewhere in there. So, Yep, versus
2: Detroit, you're going to want to start Lawrence here. And then the next one, rapid fire: Pacheco or Singletary? I, I go Pacheco pretty easily.
1: Yes, agreed. Okay. Uh, Singletary hasn't had a lot of success against New England. He, He's—I uh, think he had a—he a, um, might have scored a game or two against them last week, but overall, his stats have been uh, pretty unimpressive against against New England. So,
2: uh, let's talk about Najee Harris. So, he had that oblique injury this last week. He did not practice today, Thursday. Training towards missing this week's game. Likely gets a questionable tag, and I'd say that's at best. I'm going to lean towards him being ruled out entirely, and most likely tomorrow. That being said, Jalen Warren is coming back from injury. Probably leads a, a two-headed, three-headed backfield. I don't know how many how many heads are we going to have in this backfield if Najee Harris is out.
1: Probably three sounds about right, but a, a healthy Jalen Warren to me would be you know, obviously the main factor there, because we know at one point the, the last time that uh, Warren managed to play a full game. He, he had a uh, 43 to 59% snap share. He was, well, he was 43% versus uh, uh, Najee Harris was at 59%, but, but Warren, you know, we had been hearing for weeks that he was going to start factoring more and he slowly did. So, and I feel like if he's healthy, uh, back from the hamstring and then ready to roll, I think they'll give him back that lead dog role. And I would feel like, you know, having a handicap, but I would say he he a strong candidate for at least fifty percent of the total touches for uh New England uh, Pittsburgh's running backs. Um, I don't know how much Anthony McFarland and uh, Benny Snell would would factor in. Uh, you know, looking at uh, the usage from Monday, it looks like Snell it was the uh, the number two. I mean, he did get the short yardage carry and. Uh, Got a couple of targets, but Anthony McFarlane was was more involved in that part of the game. So I guess it'll depend on game script. But it feels like, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I, I couldn't see a scenario uh, unless if they announced that Snell and/or McFarland were going to start the game, which I don't I don't envision. Uh, if if Warren's active, if he returns to the lineup, I have I have some interest in, in him this week. But uh, even if Najee Harris isn't ruled out, I would be very scared to rely on him this week. It feels like a situation where, um, you know, you could see him come in and uh, take a hit or two and then just say, no, nah, this ain't going to work. And then they pull him off the field. So um, even if he isn't ruled out, you know, I don't think I could put him in this week.
2: Yes. No, last week ran 42.9% of the snaps. That was as uh, I'm sorry, 40.6% of the snaps. That was as Najee was exiting. Uh, Anthony McFarland came in to 30.4. He did, though, have more target share, 7.1 versus Snell's 3.6. I've always called Snell quicksand Snell because it looks like he's running in quicksand. I think Jalen Warren has the ability to run both those roles, though, passing down back and the 1-2 down back, as long as he's healthy. But I think we do see some sort of three-headed monster with Warren being the primary back. Uh, let's talk about same situation, but different position. Darnell Mooney is out for the year with an ankle injury now. How does this shake up the pass catchers in Chicago? What does this do to Komet? What does this do to Claypool? And then who is the wide receiver to moving forward? Is it is it EQSB? Is it Pettis? Is it Pringle? Is it Harry? How do you shake up this this wide receiver court?
1: Ugh. I would. Uh, I'd like to shake my fist at it and just avoid it if I possibly could. It's just you know, it, it's a situation right now. We don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for Chicago. But um, you know, asking who's the wide receiver too for a team that's likely to be, you know, at best twenty eighth or twenty ninth in in passing. I mean, if you're looking at it from last week, I think Byron Pringle popped up. He had a uh, what fifty four fifty four percent snap share last week, and the other guys were all in that. 35 to 40% range, but um it could it 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 probably would benefit Cole Komet more than anybody. Um but you know Claypool is a guy that that uh you know has been a little frustrating for me too. It felt like um Simeon last week was kind of going out of his way. You know, I know he had that that impressive uh that deep shot that uh Claypool reeled in as <laughs> so what situation, uh Billy, uh, you're like me, you're like a ranker. So you start thinking in terms of, uh, this is where, you know, fancy obsessive people, but, uh, you'll see a guy reel in a, a, a 35 yard catch. So the way your brain processes it, you're like, okay, 4.5 points. <laughs> it's the same thing for, um, if you're watching your running back, if you're watching Christian McCaffrey run out there and, and catch a, you know, dump off pass and get four yards, that's, that's how you think. You're like, okay, 1.4 points. So you start calculating things that way. And, um, that's about uh, you know as good as it gets to me for the Bears. It's just been so inconsistent. Um, to me, I wouldn't even feel comfortable right now with even Claypool as you know a factor in in any lineup, it's just simply because I don't I don't know that Fields is going to play. If we're going back to what we hit on about 10, 15 minutes ago, we're we're saying yes that that uh Fields is. It, been cleared, and, and it, by all indications, he's uh, he's going to start and play the game. Well, then, okay, well, top 10, so interesting matchup. I mean, you could I, – I think you could arguably get Ch- Chase Claypool to, I don't know, really wide uh, receiver 50 range. I mean, late 40s to early – Yeah, stretch. maybe mid-40s at best.
2: It's going to be challenging. It's just, like you said, it's just not a high-volume offense. Uh let's hop back into the, the questions. We got a few more and we only have a few minutes, so I want to try to get as many of these as we can answered before we call it a night. And let me see, here it was. Uh he needs to pick up a tight end because David Njoku is really questionable. Who does he pick up? Conklin, Ingram, or Logan Thomas, and who should he drop? Oh, that's a tough drop right there. I'm waiting on this one as long as I can because his options to drop, Jody. In case you couldn't see it, it was Palmer, Sutt, Burke, Gus, the bus, or Warren. And uh so I'm gonna wait all the way yeah. up until the last minute that's because tough. I want to see if the joke is open.
1: Yeah, that's tough that you'd have to cut a guy that you really don't want to have to cut just to simply get a possible one week fill in at tight end. I you know, obviously you don't want to take a zero, but um who's your uh, um Ingram, you know, Evan Ingram, been a frustrating guy for me um all season, um, but interesting this week, the uh, Detroit, you know, that game, second or third highest over under for the week. The Lions are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to the position. Feels like the kind of game where Ingram could be more involved, but of course, like I said, uh, Ingram's a guy who's uh, kind of hurt me this season because you know I spent the summer talking about how uh, in the past how much Doug Peterson used his tight ends, and I thought that Evan Ingram had tight end one potential this year, and it kind of started off pretty good, but it certainly has uh, you know decreased down to where he's been really really difficult. To uh, trust, but feels like a good if he's on their waiver wire. Feels like a nice little pickup this week. But I agree with Billy, Um, especially when you look at Deshaun Watson's time in here uh, in Houston. He he relied on his tight ends quite a bit. So if Njoku is active, um, he feels like a guy that's uh, locked in top ten option this week. Um, The Texans are better against wide receivers than they are against tight ends, and we saw that last week. So. Agree with Billy, take it down to the wire if you have to. And, it, you know, at that point, um, I don't remember the options that you'd have to cut. Gus Edwards was one of them. Gus
2: Edwards or Warren, I think, are the only two options that you'd want to cut out of this field because it was Palmer, Sutton, and Burke, the other it, ones. So.
1: If J.K. Dobbins returns this week, which is a possibility, I mean, I guess I, I guess you could consider cutting Gus Edwards. But, I, you know, I hate to do that, like, especially for, you know, a one-week rental at tight end.
2: Yeah, I want to make sure that whatever league you're in, that if they're declared out, if you're able to drop into IR, a lot of leagues you can. So if you can, you don't need to drop anyone. Make sure that your league either allows it or doesn't allow it. And if you aren't allowed to do that, I would drop Gus in this group. But take it down to the wire because he might be active. So don't do anything preemptively right now. You got some options. You have some outs. I would wait and and hold out. Uh, let's move along here. Do you stick with Drake London, a good matchup as a wide receiver three, or do you pick up somebody like MBS, Quez Watkins, Corey Davis, or Khalif Raymond? Uh, no, stick with Drake London.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, Billy, what's your, what's your, all your adage about the, uh, the wide receiver one on a team. And-
2: yeah. You want to, uh, you want to go the wide receiver one, even if it's a tough matchup or if it's, they've had a, a slump, even and
1: a, Yeah, even a low volume,
2: player. low volume offense. He's still the number one option versus these guys who are two and three at best. Yeah, let's go ahead and go Travis etn. Uh yeah. really good halfway drop No. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Travis etn. the answer is yes.
2: You're starting. They're asking if you should drop him for Hasty. No. No No, no.
1: <laughs> Come on. it's not a serious question. It can't be a serious question. He's trolling. That's that's a troll.
2: I'm i I'm bookmarking that. I'm, I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna we're gonna put that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your point. Michael Hasty's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have to start Fournette if he's active? I don't think so. Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I don't think you have to start if he's started if he's active.
1: I mean, we saw, we saw uh, you know, Rashad White starting to take on more and more touches. And now with two really fantastic games in a row, uh, and the coach has already come out and said that he's kind of kind of tried to take the hot hand approach. So if that's truth, then uh, – you know, I would honestly expect Fournette at best to get maybe a third of, of the touches. I mean, I guess they could go to a um to a committee backfield, you know, fifty fifty, but if the coaches true to his word, which I know you can't trust coaches, but why would you go away from um Rashad White after the, the last couple of games he's had?
2: Yeah, I don't I I think even if Fournette's active, I think that Rashad White probably all snaps.
1: I mean he, he hasn't he hasn't done well this year. You know, all the opportunities to add, what's the average and uh Three point whatever yards to carry. He just kind of looks a little sluggish. He hasn't even been that involved as receivers as consistently as he was last year. So,
2: here's one. It gets a little more interesting with some of the news today. But I think I, regardless of how bad he's been, I still pick Kamara in this one. So start one: Kamara, Rashad Wright, Swift, Brian Robinson, Zeke, or Zonovan Knight. Uh, the interesting piece though is that you have you know some injury news. On Gibson, which if he's inactive, Brian Robinson could see a major workload. That being said, do you trust him over somebody like Kamara?
1: No, I mean Kamara. Uh, you know he's kind of tumbling down in our projections and rankings. It's been a you know pretty pretty rough little stretch here for him ever since that um, that blow up game against the Raiders. Um, he hasn't been terrible the last couple of games, but. Um, you know, averaged 3.5 yards of carry uh, in week 11 and 1.9 yards of carry last week. A little rough. He's still he's still been you know involved as a re- receiver, which which you like to see. But um, yeah, I like what you said there. If Antonio Gibson were somehow rolled out, um, yeah, Brian Robinson snagged his first career touchdown last week, so he you know he showed the hands that, that you know maybe he could be a reliable option in that field. Um, that would be really really interesting to me. You know. If yeah. I, I got a guaranteed 20-ish touches for for Robinson, he's gonna sneak up into uh definitely around the range that uh, Kamara is right now. And if I'm not mistaken, like in the ECR for, for us, um Kamara may dip down to like wide receiver uh, running back sixteen or eighteen this week. It's not a particularly appealing matchup against um against Tampa.
2: Yeah, I think this is something you want to wait and see, because if Gibson is ruled out for whatever reason, Brian Robinson would probably be like running back 14 through 16 range for me, uh, which is at the tail end to where Kamara is right now. Kamara's had a really bad stretch. Half-point PPR, we'll use that scoring, since that's what we use for rankings. Running back 51 last week, running back 19 week 11, running back 36 week 10, and running back 23 week 9 versus Baltimore. So he has had some tough matchups in, the, in in that stretch as well, but the Saints aren't particularly good this year, and, and we've seen them not utilize Kamara in the same fashion that they had, and you look back at even like week five where he had 23 attempts on the ground. He had seven last week, 12 the week before, eight before that, nine before that. He's not getting that 15 to 20, you know, carry game anymore, and he's not seeing the nine, ten targets a game anymore either, no, so...
1: And that those were games without Mark Ingram. He still wasn't getting the nut. Uh,
2: yeah, so it, it has to be a little bit of a concern. I understand the question here, and I'd probably lean Robinson if Gibson's out. If not, I'd just continue to roll with Kamara and, and hope for the best, quite frankly. Uh, let's do two more questions. We're going to call it a night. And then anyone who we don't get to your questions, go ahead and ask us inside Discord. Uh, i'm going to pick some people in here that i see that i don't see as much in discord so that way everyone else who i don't who we don't get to you can just shoot us a message in there so here's one for you any buy low opportunity this week from a trade deadline maybe Naje or jeff wilson do you like any of those for a a a, a buy low opportunity
1: if you can buy low on jeff, jeff wilson i certainly would do that Najee, you don't i mean Right now, you don't. I mean, it's, he's looking like he's trending towards out, and there's not a lot, uh, you know, of hope for the Steelers to to turn the season around. So it feels like a situation where they could shut him down. So I don't. I mean, I say that as a person who just acquired Najee Harris. Uh, and my 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 home league's trade deadline was Week 12, so uh, on Thanksgiving I made a trade and I got Harris. But um you know, a little concerned right now with, with the injury because it's just been so. Um, Mysterious. Like, we're not quite sure what the injury is. It sounds like the news was a little positive today, but he's not trending towards playing. So, he's not a guy that I would definitely want to target. Jeff Wilson, though, I don't know why he would be a, you know, by low with Raheem Mostert has been out. Now, I know um, Mostert's trending towards returning this week. So, if someone figures, oh, well, you know, he's going to lose carries to Mostert. So, I want to want to move away from him. It felt like uh, Wilson did clearly become their, their, you know, one A at, at at minimum over the last month. So
2: Yeah, pretty easily. I don't think yep. you're buying Low and Wilson either, but good luck. Uh let's do some rapid fire and then we'll call it a night. McKenzie or trailing Burks this week? Isaiah McKenzie? Yep. No, you're starting
1: Burks. Yep, so I agree. Wide receiver one over a wide receiver three. And
2: then Warren, White or Pacheco pick two. Pacheco's in for sure. And then we'll just wait on news with I still think White over Warren, even if Fournette is active.
1: Yeah, we're talking about yeah. Rashad, yeah uh, last two games, uh, he's been really, really good. So uh, stick with the hot hand.
2: Okay, and then uh, last one of the night. Should I start Singletary tonight or wait on Patterson, Fournette, Pacheco, and Kyron Williams?
1: I would definitely start uh, Pacheco. I think right now over uh, Singletary this week. Not a not a really particularly uh, fantastic matchup for. For Singletary to, to be a top 20 running back or top 25 running back to, this week, he has to get into the end zone, which he hasn't consistently been doing this season. Uh, so uh, I'd rather start Pacheco right now. All
2: right, I'm going to do one more so I can find the Discord links. People are asking for the Discord links. So buy me some time here and answer this one. Zay versus the Lions or Bucks versus Philly? While you're answering that, I'm going to pull up. The the Discord link and post it in the chat.
1: You'll yeah, we'll have to read that question again. Zay Jones versus Bucks? versus the Lions,
2: mm-hmm. or um, Burks versus Philly.
1: Oh, Burks! I thought you said Bucks versus Philly. <laughs> Wait, what? The baseball question? <laughs>
2: uh, Discord yeah. link is is posted in the chat. Everybody, I just posted it just now.
1: Yeah, Traylon Burks, you have to like what he's been doing over the last two or three games. Uh, He's developing into a legitimate uh, wide receiver one. I know it's a a low-volume Tennessee uh, Titans passing offense, but, uh, you know, I think I I like he's showing why, you know, he was such a highly regarded pick. Um, It's not a particularly great matchup, uh, in particular with the Phillies cornerbacks. Um, And then looking at the other one – yeah, I still like Jones because again, it comes down to you're talking about a you know pretty much a wide receiver one versus you go to Zay Jones. I know, uh, fantastic last week. It's a really really fun good matchup, but he is, you know, a wide receiver. Well, I guess you could call Zay Jones their wide receiver two. Would you call Would you call Zay Jones their two or three over uh, Marvin Jones? Uh, I think it's like two B, quite frankly. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The, jo- the, the Jones brothers, you know, they they rotate every other week or whatnot. Um, I don't know that there's a really wrong answer here. I, I guess there's some concern with, um, with Traylon Burks against uh, Philly's cornerback. So I can see you wanting to pivot to Zay Jones, but it feels like um, the right answer would be to stick with the uh, the wide receiver one, the more talented uh, kid or whatnot.
2: I agree with Jody here. Always go with the wide receiver one over, even in the low volume pass offense versus the wide receiver two slash three. Uh, that is it, everybody. If we did not get to your question, there is the Discord link. It's in YouTube. Go ahead and give that a click. Go ahead and join. Uh, there's a few different channels in there that you can ask your questions to. I'm, I have a channel in there, the Museum Member Channel that I'm answering questions every single day. You can go ahead and shoot me a message in there and at me, so I make sure I see it. And then Jody and I, Jody answers questions all the time in there as well. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. I'll be on here tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern with Chris Raybon from Action Network discussing our rankings heading into the weekend. Uh, We're going to test some running backs, some receivers, and a couple tight ends, and we're going to compare them versus ECR and talk about our differences. So tune in tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, with Chris and I, and we'll see you all then. Good luck in your matchups and Thursday Night Football.
0: Have a good night.